there. This is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Well, who knew? Who knew that this book would uh, elicit such rage? I mean, that's not why I wrote it. I wrote it to be helpful. But if you haven't gotten a copy yet, please consider doing so. Social Justice Pharisees, Woke Church Tactics, and how to engage them. If you watch my latest YouTube upload before this one, uh, there is a man uh, who got so mad that I sent him a free copy of this book. This guy is a pastor, by the way. He got so mad that he he looked like he wanted to eat it. I mean, he had it in his mouth at one point, and then he tears it up and throws it in the garbage can and tells a few corny jokes. Um, but he was uh, infuriated that I would dare send him this book. He didn't read it, obviously. I mean, I'm sure he knows how to read, but he didn't read it. Um, but I'm going to send him another copy because I think I'll give him another chance. You know what I mean? But uh, this book is actually really good if you do read it and, and don't just eat it. Um, it will show you how to deal with the primary tactics of the woke church movement. I'm not really going into depth about where it all comes from. In fact, I don't even use the word critical theory in the book. Uh, I quote someone who says the word critical theory. But it's really about sort of a street-level analysis of how they try to trap you into poor arguments and to bad theology and how to counterbalance it with very easy-to-understand Bible verses that you can memorize and they directly contradict almost all of the tenets of the woke church. If you think that that would be helpful to you and your conversations, please consider buying a copy. Now, you can sell, it doesn't come out officially until December, but I have it available right away. You can get it on eBay, or you can email me at ad at adrobles.com, ad at adrobles.com, and I will invoice you for as many copies as you want. Also, some people are buying this book with silver uh, coins, which I'm definitely will give you a good deal if you give me a silver coin. Somebody even sent me a gram of gold for books, so thank you for that. And excuse me, God bless you for purchasing if you already done so. Now, seriously, guys, if you, if you want to laugh, watch yesterday's video. This guy is completely unhinged. Uh, he tears it all up and he just gets so frustrated. How dare I send him a book? But uh, anyway. So yeah, I've got a lot more people to send books to. Today I'm going to be sending some books over to Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and also one to uh, Danny Aiken uh, at Southeastern. So that'll be fun. I, I doubt we'll get hilarious videos from those guys, but um, you know, maybe they'll read it. Um, all right. So before we uh, jump in uh, to today's content, I wanted to talk to you about a Bible verse. And it's a very easy uh, to memorize Bible verse. And I'm just going to say it and then we'll talk about it. Um, the verse is, the mercy of the wicked is cruel. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. This is a very interesting verse because you would be like, well, if somebody's showing mercy, whether they're good or bad, then wouldn't that be good? I mean, mercy's good. And so whether the person is wicked or not, then it will actually be good because good is good regardless if the person that's doing it is bad or good. But if the problem is that the wicked, do, not only do they have ulterior motives, and so the things that they do that they pretend are good, they're actually doing to benefit themselves, but also even people who don't have ulterior motives, when they, when they do mercy outside of God's law and God's principle— 
it doesn't end up being good. Um, and so there's a couple things at play here when it comes to the mercy of the wicked being cruel. And God gives us a standard uh, to, to, to measure up to, right? And we all understand that, you know, we, we can't do it, right? We can't obey God's law perfectly. Even if we started to from here on out, let's say I could somehow magically never sin again, right? Like I could just do it. Well, I'm still, I'm still lost without Christ because all of the things I did before today, I wasn't perfect. And so when God says, be, you must be perfect as God is perfect— the problem is that that's hopeless, because even if you could do it in the future, you know you didn't do it in the past, and so we need a perfect Savior to save us from that predicament, and that's what's so beautiful about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we still do have that standard, and so fearing God and keeping his commandments, that's the whole duty of mankind, and we need to take that seriously. And knowing that we're, we're saved through, uh, by grace through faith. We understand that. Still, we should be obeying Christ um, in every area of our lives, in every situation in our lives. And so he gives us this standard. He shows us how to give to the poor and who not to give to. I mean, there's scriptures that say, look, if someone's not willing to work, let them not eat, right? Um, and to the modern mind, that sounds cruel. But that's good because God says to do it. And it's not just like God's just this capricious monster who just has these rules and they don't make any sense, but you just got to follow him because he's God. I mean, don't get me wrong. You do have to follow God's rules because he is God. But God is a good God, and his rules make perfect sense. So when God says if someone's not willing to work, let them not eat, that's a good law. And if it feels kind of mean to you, you're the one who needs to change. You're the one who needs to change. And so if we follow God's law, right, and we, we obey what God says, we're going to get blessings for that. Because here's the reality. When we do what God says, it's not magic. It works. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it works the best. Like, like God says in the Old Testament, he talks about uh, if, if the nations do what God says, there's going to be blessings. And he lists a bunch of blessings. If they rebel and they do their own thing, there's going to be curses. And he lists a bunch of curses. And right now, I mean, the United States is, is uh, reaping what it has sown. And what it has sown is disobedience. And when you sow disobedience, you will reap the wages of disobedience. You will reap death and you will reap the curses that God promises you will reap. And so right now, we're in the, in the middle of a financial disaster. We're in the middle of a financial disaster because we all thought that the mercy of the wicked was good. I mean, it's mercy after all. I mean, here's the reality. Like, like we've got all of these programs, right? And, and people like Ruslan, like, let's try it out. Let's see what, how it works. You know, people like Russell Moore talk about this. We got to have a social safety net. We got to have, you know, money going out to people who aren't working. Look, there's a lot of people right now who are not willing to work and yet are given checks. And so they're eating, right? And we think that sounds so merciful. I mean, it's scary. I mean, there's coronavirus out there. You got, you know, it's, it's too scary to work. It's like, yeah. I remember a proverb that talked about someone who was a sluggard, right? A sluggard. And what did the sluggard say? The sluggard said, I, I can't go to work. There's a lion in the street. Yeah, there's a corona. There's a virus out in the. It's going to get me. And they can't go to work. 
of course they can go to work. I mean, every even in the beginning of this whole this whole pandemic, I said, look, everything that you do is a risk. I mean, going to work is always a risk. You drive in your car, it's very risky. You know, you could always get sick with something. Even when there was no coronavirus, you could always get sick with the flu. It's risky to go to work, but you have to be willing to take calculated risks to provide for your family because God says so, right? But there are a lot of people right now. I don't know if it's the same in your town, but I'll speak anecdotally. I, I have a feeling it is the same in your town because I've been reading articles about this, but uh, I've never seen anything like it. Every company, every business is desperate to hire. Nobody can find enough workers. And it's like they're paying, uh, McDonald's I think is paying like 16 bucks an hour now, maybe 17 bucks an hour. I remember when I graduated uh, college and I got my first job, I made like 15 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? And so it's like now you can go to McDonald's and make 16 bucks an hour. And they still can't find employees because the government is paying people to be sluggards. The government is paying people to sit and enjoy a vacation because they're too scared of coronavirus. The reality is that the government is – if you promote this stuff – the UBI, by the way. This is evil. The, God, the, the Word of God says you can't do it, right? The mercy of the wicked is cruel, and here is the point, right? Idiots like Russell Moore – uh, tragic cases like Ruslan, all these socialist people, right? They promote these things that have this air of mercy about them, and it'll get them pats on the back from pagans, right? Because the pagans don't understand what mercy is, and so when they have this faux mercy where it's like, yeah, we're going to give out cash, right? This is mercy. We're going to give out cash to people even if they don't want to work. Um, they'll get pats in the back from the pagans, right? But the problem is that that's their reward, right? They get the pats in the back from the pagans. That's their ultimate goal, so they're, you know, they're going to get their reward. But here's the reality, though. It's cruelty. It's cruelty. And the chickens are coming home to roost. See, here's what happens. This is an article from Market Watch today. Here's a quotation from it. The worst inflation number since August of 2008 just before the economy sank into the deepest recession since the Great Depression. So prices leap 5%, 5% in May. Prices leapt 5%. So, so this is a humongous problem, right? This is a humongous problem, and it's cruel, specifically for the poor. This is the thing. See, Russell Moore doesn't care about the poor. The very thing that the scripture tells you to do, to care about the poor, Russell Moore doesn't care about the poor. Russell Moore disobeys a lot of scriptures, but but he doesn't care about the poor. But a lot of people think he cares about the poor because he's doing what the pagans want him to do, and so it looks like mercy. But according to God, it's cruelty, and here is one reason why. See, when you give people money to do nothing— Inflation is the result. And what is inflation, at least the way we define it in our country? It's when consumer prices go up. So to buy food costs a lot more money. You guys, you guys go to the grocery store. I'm sure you can see this. To buy housing costs more money. To, to, to get transportation, energy costs, all the things that you need to survive costs more money. But also, the profits of companies tend to go up as well. Assets become more valuable. So the value of your house, the value of stocks and, and other things like that, the value of, uh, of other kinds of tangible assets that a lot of wealthy, rich people own also tends to go up. And so what we have is a situation here where the most vulnerable people among us, the poor, end up getting screwed. 
because everything that they buy as they're getting this quote unquote free money from Joe Biden, uh, you know, endorsed by idiots like Russell Moore. They get this free money and that seems really good. It's very flashy and you think, oh, it's merciful, right? But then because of what you did, which was against God's law in the first place, so you shouldn't have done it. But because of what you did, all the things that they need to survive are now unaffordable. And so the prices have gone up and now they're in a worse position than when they started. So, yes, they have cash. They don't have to go to work during the coronavirus, but now they can't afford to eat, right? Because all the prices have gone up considerably. Now, a guy like me, middle class guy, this inflation situation it affects me, don't get me wrong, but it affects me less than it would to a, someone on the margins, right? Because when I go to the store and I see that prices have shot up 5%, it doesn't break my budget. You know what I mean? It doesn't break my budget. I can still get the food that I want to get, right? And rich people, people that are very wealthy, they have a high net worth, they have a lot of disposable income, they have a good income, stuff like that. Rich people, it affects hardly at all because because to them, the, the, the cost of living, like the, the necessary expenses, that's a very small percentage of their net worth, right? With, with a poor person, you know, buying food, buying, you know, rent, you know, whatever it is, that, that takes up almost all of their income. They hardly have anything left to save, right? This is the plight of the poor. We understand that. But rich people, you know, buying food, buying housing, buying transportation, it's a very small percentage of their income. And so if the prices go up on that stuff, it doesn't really hurt them that much. In fact, it, it might even help them because rich people tend to own the businesses that are selling or producing the goods that are being bought on the backs of the poor people that they can't even afford because they got the quote unquote free money from the government. And so what you see has how it's happened here. The mercy of the wicked is cruel because it actually puts poor people in a worse situation and it puts rich people in in a better situation. So everyone talks about these inequalities and these, these wealth gaps and stuff like that. Well, I've got news for you. The policies of the wicked, people like Russell Moore, people like Ruslan, who's just trying things out, you know, maybe he's not wicked, but he just doesn't know what he's talking about. The policy, the socialist policies that pretend they look flashy, they're like almost like mercy of the wicked. They actually exacerbate those inequalities, right? Because now the poor people have even less disposable income to buy assets and to improve their situation. And the rich have more, uh, more wor uh, worth, their, their assets are worth more because of that same inflation. You see, the policies of the Federal Reserve and inflation exacerbates wealth inequality. It's not racism, guys. Let's stop being stupid. It's because the Federal Reserve screws poor people every opportunity they get. And they help rich people all the time, right? That, that's, that's how it is. That's how it is. And then we've got a bunch of people in the middle class that um, have the disposable. So if they do the right things with their money, they can join the, the ranks of the wealthy as well. So I'm not saying this is impossible to do if you're in the middle class. But the thing is, we have an unjust system so that the, it, it looks very merciful. Wow, the government has so many programs and just, they, 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 they fund them all with deficit spending. Wow, it's, it's like free money. No, it's actually screw. When you give the poor people money and they don't work, they're not willing to work like a lot of people are right now. It actually screws them in the end. God knew this before, guys. Like, we don't have to try this out to find out what happens. God already knew this. He gave us the law. He told us how to take care of the poor. He told us, and he didn't tell us to use uh, the government's Federal Reserve and fractional reserve banking and all that nonsense, repo market and all that. He didn't tell us to do that because 
That's evil. And so the mercy of the wicked is cruel. We've got here uh, from Zero Hedge. I guess I probably shouldn't say that because my, my stuff will get throttled. But uh, 11, over 11 million Americans are still on pandemic jobless benefits, despite 9 million job openings. So 9 million people are not willing to work, and idiots who should know better are saying, yeah, no problem. They're not willing to work? Let them eat. Let them eat. Meanwhile, that, that, that stupidity that gets lauded as merciful by the world is specifically condemned by God. And not only that, it's not mercy. It's cruelty because it'll line the pockets of people that are in the know, that are, that are, that are wealthy, that, that are in the intelligentsia at the expense of the poor people who they're incentivizing not to work. Because a lot of these people aren't working because they can make more money staying home. They're being incentivized to not be willing to work. I mean, it's their own fault because they obviously need to take responsibility for themselves and they obviously need to, to see into the future and say, yeah, this is not going to last forever. I should probably get a job because that'll last longer than the benefits will. I mean, so they're not guiltless here, but these idiots that should know better are incentivizing people to sin. They're causing them to stumble. They're putting a stumbling block in their, in their face, saying the coronavirus is going to kill you, so here's more money to stay home, so you're not willing to work. You can eat anyway. No problem. Of course we're going to have a free lunch. See, this is not just like a agree to disagree. That's Ruslan's thing. We've got to agree to disagree, dog, like, like, like charity in all things. No, I will not have charity for people who are advocating cruelty to the poor. Ruslan, you often advocate cruelty to the poor. We can't agree to disagree on that. It, it's, just, it, it's just not an option, right? And so I, I want you to, to, to really think about the things that you support po- uh, politically and make sure that it's not fake mercy because there's, there's a kind of mercy that looks really good. You get the pats on the back. Russell Moore is a king at this. He knows optics very well, and he knows how to get uh, articles in the Washington Post written about him. He knows how to get the accolades of people and the praise of men, and he'll get the best seats at the table. He knows how to, how to maneuver for that stuff. But every single time he does it, he's actually getting his reward already. Sure, he gets to have a nice article in the Washington Post. That's his reward as he is spitting in the face of his creator who told him what to do, who told him that the mercy that he's advocating for is actually cruelty. He should know better, and he does know better because he was the ethics king at the SBC. But he's doing it intentionally. He's being cruel to the poor intentionally. Tim Keller's the same way. Tim Keller knows better. He knows that the mercy of the wicked is cruel, and yet he advocates for the mercy of the wicked. See, Christian socialists are advocates for the mercy of the wicked. And so they're advocates of cruelty, and we understand that. And now the chickens are coming home to roost. There's a lot of suffering that is about to happen. And, you know, I'm in a financial situation that I believe is very fortunate. Um, So for right now, this kind of inflation, I can absorb it, and it's okay, and all of that kind of stuff. 
But the thing is that, that this is a dangerous road that we're walking down. This is the reality. There's no pl- the, the, the Federal Reserve will not do anything about this. They, they're incapable of doing anything about this, and so they won't do anything about this. They would need to raise interest rates a lot. And, and if they did that, it would destroy the economy. I mean, they understand that. So the only thing that they can do is to continue this nonsense, supported by Russell Moore, supported by Tim Keller, supported by all of these people who know better, but are still advocating for the mercy of the wicked because they know that it gets them pats on the head. And they look like the cosmopolitan Christian. They're not, not one of those kind of Christians. I'm one of those learned Christians that, you know, you can trust. They, 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 they long for the accolades of the people. And so they're willing to promote the mercy of the wicked. Make sure that whatever you're promoting doesn't just look like it's merciful. Make sure that it's actually merciful because God has told us how to do this. The mercy of the wicked isn't mercy. It's cruel. God's word is merciful. God's law shows us how to have mercy on people. It shows us. And God God, God like like this is he didn't leave us out in outer space trying to figure this out for ourselves. We don't have to do the Ruslan thing where we just try a policy for a while, see if it works. No, 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 no. He gave us instructions on what works. He showed us how the world works. And so the mercy of the wicked is cruel. We must avoid that mercy at all costs. We can't bend the rules and expect it to work. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with reparations and stuff like that. It's like you can't obey God by breaking God's law. It doesn't work that way. That reparations for black people would be cruelty. It would not work out the way that they hoped it would work out. Because it, it's the mercy of the wicked. And the scripture says that the mercy of the wicked is cruel. And so that, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I actually didn't intend to take the whole time to talk about that. But uh, it's an important issue. Guys, there's a lot of suffering that's about to happen. I hope that you are currently preparing for inflation because it's here already. And um, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I would recommend things like if you have extra cash now, you know, maybe stock in your pantry just a little bit more because you'll save money in the long run. Um, if you have the opportunity to do inflation hedges, you know, whether you want to do that with you know, physical bullion or something like that. Some people do that. I don't think that gold is really a, a, a good inflation hedge in that way. Um, I think that there are other things that you can do. I, I think I mentioned uh, the other day, I'm not going to give you financial advice. I'm just telling you some of the things I'm doing. But uh, I am in the stock market in certain kinds of stocks, you know, commodities. I'm in, you know, I I like mining stocks a lot, stuff like that. Um, Stocks are actually a good hedge against inflation so long as you're getting them at good valuations. Right now, so much of like, especially the NASDAQ and stuff, it's just way too expensive. So those those aren't going to be good hedge inflation hedges. But certain stocks can be good inflation hedges depending on if you're getting it at a good valuation so you're getting good value then that could be an inf- inflation hedge but a lot of people can't buy inflation hedges you know and, and so you guys need to prepare for your costs you know of, of living the things that you need to survive to be more costly in the future than they are right now and so it might be a good idea to stock up on things again this is not financial advice because i don't know your individual situations and i'm not a financial advisor but these are some of the things I'm doing. I, I have more food stocked today than I did a few months ago. And part of that is because it's food that I eat already. And I know for a fact 
it was going to be more expensive in May than it was in March, and so I bought extra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, a lot of people are going to be doing that. And see, this is the thing. That mindset, it's settling in on a lot of people. That actually increases inflation because people start buying up everything that they can because they know it's going to be more expensive later. There's a psychological aspect to this as well. It's not all psychological because that's, that's what the Fed tries to do. They always downplay inflation because they think it's a psychological thing. There is a psychological aspect to it, but it's also the amount of money that you have in the system that they continue to pour more into. And so so that's the thing. When people get this mindset of, oh, man, I've got money now. I should probably try to spend it all because it's going to be worth less tomorrow. They start buying up everything, and then that sends the prices up even more just according to the normal laws of supply and demand. And so you need to be ready for that inflation mindset to hit, you know, with, when it hits, it's going to hit fast. People are going to start to realize, oh, no, this cash is going down in value every day. I got to spend it. I'm not saying you should do that, by the way, necessarily. But what I'm saying is lots of people are going to do that. And it might not be a bad idea, depending on your situation. Um, and so just, guys, like, that's all I have to say. I, I, you know, I hope you found this podcast helpful or useful in some way. Um, again, I can't give investment advice. You know, I can't give financial advice in that way. But if you're not thinking about how to protect yourself, um, today's the day to start. Today's the day to start because we know without a doubt, I don't have to even think about this because it's in the scripture. We know that God is going to curse a nation that rebels against him. Our nation has rebelled against him for quite some time. So there are curses headed our way. And we know that the mercy of the wicked is cruelty. And we continue to promote the mercy of the wicked. And so the reality is that hard times are coming. Prepare now. I hope you found this podcast helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.